welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. Today, I have two playtesters joining me, Tiffany and Troy. Welcome. Thank you for joining. Hi. Thanks for having us. Today, we're going to dive deep into the world of tennis shoes and talk all things tennis shoes, talk about our favorite tennis shoes, what we recommend, what we think are the best tennis shoes. And even about some shoes that may have flopped for us or just didn't work out or some unpopular opinions on some very popular shoes. So to kick things off on the right foot, I'm going to ask them to list their top three tennis shoes of right now. So number one is the shoe you're playing a tournament in tomorrow. I guess I'll start it off. It's an oldie but a new one because it's kind of got a new name the adidas stella court was nice. the adidas stella barricade boost still a top favorite shoe of mine um loving the new k-swiss hypercourt express 2 i think it's a great update and third i'm gonna go with the a6 gel resolution 8 nice and for the Re- resolution 8 tiff you go standard width or do they they have a wide on the women's side? They do have a wide on the women's. I, I was not able to test it, but I probably would go with the wide version. I feel like the eight got a little bit more of a true medium than the seven, but it's still a little bit narrow for my wider foot. So just for comfort's sake and not for, I guess, a shorter break in because I did need to break in the gel res eight a little bit just for my wider feet. Nice. For my top three, uh, one of them, I have the same as Tiff is the gel resolution eight. Nice. That's pro that's probably going to be my top choice. If I go to a tournament, just because it's so what we like to say as play testers is trusty, you know, it's just a really reliable shoe. It fits my foot. Great. I've been using gel resolutions for like, since like the four or five is when I kind of converted over to ASIC. So that one's just like uh, an easy pick for me, probably a close second or interchangeable for me would probably be the new balance fresh from love. Love the comfort of that shoe. It's kind of a similar design concept that kind of supports stability uh, type of shoe and very comfortable. And then the third one, probably kind of a sleeper. Uh, I don't know how many other playtesters might have picked this one, but it's the Head uh, Revolt Pro 3.0. And also it's a similar design concept. It's that stable shoe. Uh, comfortable and uh, for me I'm not huge on you know I don't have to have a really lightweight shoe all of those shoes are kind of midweight class I guess you could say. Nice okay I'm gonna give my top three as well just because I love all things shoes I think number one which I did play my last tournament in it's been a few months but would be the Asics Court FF2 and that a close second would be the gel res eight, but I just like the booty construction, the cord FF two. And I kind of like the cosmetics a little bit better on that one. So I lean there because yes, style is important too. Does it bring out your inner Novak? Yeah, maybe that's it. I, I haven't figured out how to slide yet on a hard court. I'm still thinking maybe one day, <laughs> but those are really great shoes. Number two, I know you two haven't spent a lot of time in them or worn them, but the Nike Vapor Cage 4 is really quickly becoming one of my favorite shoes. I've always loved the cage. I'm always looking for stability in a shoe. 
And again, the cosmetics kind of drew me in on this one. So they're really cool looking. I think I've had a chance to wear them, but they're definitely cool to look at. Yeah. And it's also that booty construction. So maybe <laughs> I've got something going on with a booty construction. And then like tip number three, I would put the Adidas Stella Court as well. That's just like a tried and true. It's a great shoe. It looks good. It performs well. It's so comfortable. Oh, gosh. But there's a close one to it. I was just talking about this shoe. The New Balance 996 version 4 kind of fits in a similar play as that Stella Court. You wear that a lot. I know. It's so comfortable. Yeah, when I when I need my feet to feel great, if like after a hard day of training or something, the 996 V4, so comfortable, so soft. Now there's a shoe I actually tested the D with. Okay. And it fit really well. But by the end, I really wish I had stuck with the B. It got, it opened up a little bit for me and just to be on the court, I think I would, I prefer shoes a little bit tighter, not super tight, but yeah, because they are so soft and they opened up a bit by the end of the play test, I think I could have worn a B with in that shoe. Now that's actually a good comment. I wanted you guys to kind of define your feet type and what kind of shoes you're looking for, because I know we all have like slightly different feet and our listeners out there obviously all have very different feet and they rely on us as they check out the fit tests or the fit description on our descriptions. We all try on the shoes and try to come up with a consistent fit. So Tiff, tell them about your feet. Well, I, I'm a, a wide foot, a D-width, just about if you put it on the device, it's a D-width. Um, I'm really fine that my feet are actually kind of, they don't narrow a ton through the midfoot. So I'm pretty wide through there. So there's some shoes that may fit wide in the toe box, but they fit narrow through the midfoot. And then I'll feel the squeeze there. I also have a a pretty low arch. So when I stand, it's pretty flat to the floor. So yeah, that's my foot type, wide and flat. (laughs) That's yours. And tight and small. She has small feet. I have big feet. (laughs) Yeah, I wear size six. So sometimes shoes don't come in my size. And there have been times where I've had to wear a six and a half because the shoe size run doesn't go down to a six. But sometimes that works out too, because of the wide feet. Troy, what are you working with? <laughs> I have, a, I'd say, slightly narrow foot type. And um, I think, you know, Chris, for example, he has like more like a true narrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that like my foot works best like in a, like a narrow toe box. But I would say kind of like Tiff was explaining, like in the midfoot region, like where my arches are, I'd say it's more of like a, and my foot, my foot doesn't really taper. So it's kind of like my toe box is narrow, but the middle part of my foot is kind of medium. I would say like there's a lot of shoes that sometimes cramp uh, if they're too narrow in like the arch region. That's where I start to get some pain. But yeah, just slightly narrow toe box. And I would say arch height is pretty medium. And then my foot is, I would say medium with a high arch. So pretty standard. I feel like most tennis players just kind of get used to shoving their feet into shoes and like making it work, which we're kind of coming into a time of tennis shoes where the designers are finally paying a little bit more attention and making things light, but still stable and comfortable and cushioned. So we're just going to talk through all of the brands of shoes and kind of talk about our favorites, what stands out to us, what we like, what we can recommend for certain types of feet and certain types of players out there. So let's just get started with Nike. When I think tennis shoes, Nike's obviously one of the top brands on that list. Let's start with the Vapor. Now, we have, uh, most of us have worn many iterations of this shoe, and I'm sure many of our listeners Loved the 9.5 just as much as we did. I like the Vapor 10. I know other people don't love it. I actually prefer the Vapor 10 knit, 
over the Vapor 10. I'm curious what you guys have to say about it. For me, I'm in the 9.5 crowd. Um, <laughs> the, like I said, of like the midfoot region for the 10, the the support straps they have this. It's a little bit stiffer material, which I think could help with support throughout the life of the shoe. But just because my feet are a little bit wide through there, that stiffer material just rubs, and I was getting some blisters. Mm-hmm. Just it, for me, it was just a fit issue for the um, 9.5 versus the 10. And uh, I actually haven't worn the knit, but I know that they fit a little bit tighter. Mm-hmm. And so with the 10 already fitting pretty tight on my foot, <laughs> I feel like the knit might be a little bit too much and it'd be like adjusting sizes and things like that. And I don't want to get too big because then you get into that toe jamming potential. Yeah. I, although I haven't, to be I've never had an issue with toe jamming with the vapor. It's um, for me, it's just the 10 and that the side straps rubbing a bit. Troy, you got anything to say about that Vapor 10? Um, I actually like the Vapor X, the Vapor 10. Um, I didn't play in the 9.5 all that much. So when I tried the, the Vapor X, like I didn't really have any like preconceived like thoughts about the previous one. But uh, I think for a lightweight shoe, Vapor X is great. There's a ton of uh, tour support. A lot of players using that shoe. I, if I had to pick between the knit and the regular, I think I like the standard Vapor X just because it's a little softer. Mm-hmm. I like how the upper kind of contours to my feet a little bit better. It kind of molds to my feet. And the one thing that was pretty cool for me, and I don't, I don't really like slide around the hard courts or anything, like some of those young junior players are like the really fast players. But uh, the outsole on the Vapor X, that was one key thing like when we tested it, uh, is it's a really it's a really like modern design for that player that, that likes to slide on hard courts because it's, it's got a lot of give to it. It's pretty slick. Yeah. I'm also curious how you guys feel about the Zoom Zero, because I know during our playtest, we had some issues with it uh, based on fit and all that. I know, Troy, you've even customized yours a little bit. (laughs) But then I also am kind of leading from there into the Vapor Cage 4 because the Zoom Zero is the first time we saw that really like responsive curved outsole. And I've heard some players really love it and some players really don't. So how do you guys, how did you guys like that shoe? You know, again, it was a fit issue for me. The booty construction was great in that it was tight and that it kept my foot locked in. It was hard to get on. Again, just wide feet and it just, it was not the most comfortable shoe for me. I actually didn't mind. It, it, I could notice it at first and it took a while to get used to walking around in, not uh, with the curved outsole. When I was playing, I really didn't notice it. Mm-hmm. I think it probably maybe helped a little bit. I don't know if that was just a mental thing, just staying on my toes. And it's not something that bothered me at all or I even noticed when I was playing on the court, but more so just walking to and from the court, I would notice that there was an interesting sort of rock to the shoes. Yeah. Troy, uh, talk to us about what you did to make the shoe fit your feet better. <laughs> yeah. I, so on a positive note, I only have one issue with it. It was like a huge issue as far as like the fit. And uh, once I kind of got around that, I really loved the shoe. So mm-hmm. kind of positive and negative there. But it was just the the piece on top of my foot. So It's like a half booty construction. So like the yes. booty comes up halfway to your laces. Yeah. So it's almost like a V-notch type of thing mm-hmm. with the upper. Like it's like a really firm canvas type of upper, which is great for support. Um, and that right on top of the center part of my foot where the underneath the laces, it was like completely digging into the top of my foot, cramping it. A lot of break in, a lot of discomfort from that. Mm-hmm. But as time went on, the play tests were on. I, you know, I just couldn't really get over that. So I actually like 
kind of snip the shoe. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying like people should do this, but I, I really wanted to like make the shoe work. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just snipped the, the upper part of it. And I knew it wasn't going to like totally damage the shoe because the lacing system was around it. So it was still going to support it. Once I did that, I didn't feel the pain on top of my foot. And I love the shoe. Like the, the midsole, that full Zoom Air unit. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, the way it's tapered, you know, the heel to toe kind of rocking thing that you were talking about love that part of it it's lightweight supportive uh but the biggest thing for me that i loved was just that midsole cushioning it was just like super plush but yeah i had that issue originally and uh, the one thing that was for me was that i was kind of in between sizes so i'm usually like a nine and a half i tried a size 10 and a nine and a half i probably could have whipped with the bigger size a size 10 but then i would have had a lot of space uh, in the front, in the front of the shoe, and I didn't mm-hmm. want to do that, so I made it work with like the true size. So I kind of had to adjust the fit a little bit myself. Well, that's great because that leads me to what I wanted to talk about a little bit. We recently did a shoe play test with Bethany Maddox Sands, and I don't think I ever realized that most people with wider feet or a wider forefoot even really struggle with Nike. And as we've talked about with the last two shoes, that's obviously a prevalent issue. But leading into the updated Vapor Cage 4, I think they fixed it. At least I think if you do have a wider foot or a wider uh, toe box, this would be a better choice. And if you're looking for support, stability, and durability, it's going to be one of those for you also. But I'm wearing them right now, actually. I really do like them. (laughs) And like I said, the cosmetics pretty out there. I love them. They're really comfortable, but they kind of have a little bit of all the good things from the Nike shoes. So like it does have kind of like a vapor appeal with the lacing system, but then still the cage, like the old cage, the cage three, I actually really enjoyed. It really sucks in your foot. So it's like that booty that kind of keeps you in there. And then even some of the outsole and the styling kind of reminds me of the Zoom Zero. So at the back of the shoe also kind of looks like some of Nike's running shoe. So I am personally really enjoying these ones. I think it'd probably be my favorite of the Nike lineup right now. But you guys need to get a pair. Yeah, <laughs> I'm giving you FOMO. <laughs> but I think that if anyone's listening and they do want to try to get back into Nike and they've had these kinds of issues with the width, this is going to be the one that you're going to want to check out. And I know even Bethany, who, again, hasn't worn Nike for years because of the width of the toe box, found the Nike Vapor Cage 4 to work for her feet. So, And it seems, it seems with the Vapor Cage, uh, it seems like a shoe that, from what I've heard, uh, breaks in really well because it's it's a pretty heavier you know weight shoe heavy duty yeah and it seems like it really like kind of gets better with age type of thing it, it really breaks in nicely I don't know. yeah and to be completely honest I didn't experience any break-in so it was kind of like laced up and good to go and I also prefer a tighter feel with my shoes so I really cinch up my laces And because this one has that booty construction, you almost feel like you don't have to tie the laces, but you still can cinch it up and make it tight if that's what you like. So are there any other Nike shoes that stand out for you guys that you want to chat about? I do want to bring up that we are expecting to see a new shoe from Nike sometime in 2020. I think everyone's going to be excited for it. We're hoping we get to see it sooner than later, but with everything going on, we're not 100% sure when it will drop, but that's exciting. Yeah, and I think uh, there may be a player on tour that's kind of testing out a, a, a prototype or a model. Yeah. Maybe Francis Tiafo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you been able to see anything on his social? No. Ah, oh, darn. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm excited for the direction that Nike's going in. And um, to be completely honest, at least from my standpoint, a couple of years ago, I didn't like a lot of the cosmetics and it was hard to want to wear some of the Nike shoes, but I'm loving what they've been putting out. There was just a vapor wing that came out in all cheetah print and hits a red and like, I'm here for that. (laughs) So I'm excited about the styling and the packages and colors that Nike's using right now. Cosmetics, Mm -hmm. the knit vapor. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it looks sick. Let's transition over to Adidas. That's an easy switcheroo for us. Well, we can't start talking about Adidas without mentioning that the barricade is no longer in the lineup. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I I mean, on the women's side, you have the Stella Court, which I guess used to be a barricade. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it does seem when you think of Adidas tennis, you always choose the barricade is definitely going to come to mind. So like Tiff said, the the Stella court is essentially a barricade. It's just changed names. So on the women's side, we're lucky that we can continue to find that. On the men's side, I think there's been a cool new option that has the stability of any barricade that I've ever worn. But maybe, Troy, you can tell me otherwise. That's Stycon. How do we feel about it? Uh, it is very innovative and somewhat different. Um <laughs> I think uh, stability and support wise, um, it's a really great shoe. Like, uh, you know, kind of the review we did on it, like the shoe completely locks you down, locks you in, but almost to an extreme point of like, for me, it just wasn't the most comfortable fit because it was such like a glove, like, uh, I guess you could say like a a vacuum sealed suction fit. Like once (laughs) you get your foot in there, it's just completely locked in. Um, the, the version that we tested, the first version, uh, doesn't have any way of adjusting the fit with those uh, elastic bands inside the shoe. So uh, for me, there was plenty of room in the toe box, but where I really got um, almost too tight of a fit was around that arch region, that center part of my foot. Um, so the fit was slightly off for me, kind of had a fit issue. Support and stability was amazing. Mm-hmm. But another thing for me is that uh, the ventilation wasn't very good. It was kind of a hot shoe because it really just is like, completely sucked in in the upper material is uh it's not very breathable mm-hmm. and then also uh, i prefer more of like a cushion midsole and this one was like super low to the ground ride so for me it was like hit and miss mm-hmm. um i'd like to see maybe the way they advance that shoe and sort of develop it if they decide to keep it in their line of shoes quick side question because i know we get asked this a lot if you were to suggest Two options for someone that's always worn a barricade and they're looking for a replacement. Where do you send them? Uh, For me, this may be a little biased, but I would have probably said, how come you didn't switch over to the gel resolution years ago? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just just a huge gel resolution fan. (laughs) And I I was never like a true barricade guy just because they are like stiff and stable to the point of, for me, to the point where it really didn't do me any good. It was like extremely stable and I just, I, I never really needed all that. But mm-hmm. uh, for me, the gel resolution is just an easy one. It, it does the support and especially the way they've uh, developed it into this eighth version does all the support and stability features, but you don't have to sacrifice that comfort. And, and I've never, mm-hmm. I've never had a toe jamming issue with the gel resolution. And I can't think maybe one or two generations out of all the barricades where I had like, uh, I, I always had toe jamming and it was like, it was just a matter of how, how little toe jamming I had with the barricade. So I would go gel resolution. 
And then it sounds like from your experiences, and I, you know, hopefully you get to try it sooner rather than later, but the Vapor Cage 4 seems like a great, easy choice and it has a durability guarantee. So yeah, I, I would probably go right there. Tiff, any suggestions? What would you suggest? Um, you know, it's another shoe that I haven't tried, but really I'm looking forward to trying. Um, one of our team T-dubbers picked it up too. She's wearing, Tara Moore is wearing the New Balance Law. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I feel like fits that. It's stability. It just, and it, I know the guys, when they tested it, really, really liked it. So, yeah. Um, but Gel Res 8 definitely always comes to mind as far as something that's stable and durable. It's got some great cushioning. So, yeah. Let's also talk while we're still in the Adidas category. One of our favorite lightweight shoes would be the Ubersonic. And I know on the men, the men's and the women's Ubersonics up until now have actually kind of been made slightly different. So there are different things on the men's and women's. But I know the men seem to gravitate more towards the two than the three. So Adidas listened and the two is still in the lineup, which is great. But um, the women's also, I think Tiff can also speak to this. Adidas does a good job of fitting a female foot and making sure that their shoes are not too narrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually am looking. I can see my uh, Uber threes right now. I have the bright yellow pair. I still wear them. I, yeah. I wear them sparingly on the court, but um, still wear those shoes. Yeah, Adidas shoes fit my feet pretty well. Maybe it was the seven, the Stella Barricade seven. One of the models ran a little short, but um, mm-hmm. that's been fixed, or I guess mm-hmm. ran, uh, ran long. Or the si- the sizing was off a little bit, but I haven't had an issue with Adidas shoes in quite some time, and I find them to fit my feet quite well. Yeah, they fit well. Uh, Troy, do you have a favorite between the Ubersonic two or three? Um, I'd probably go for me. The two's a little bit better of a shoe for me. The main key difference is that the three is a little more cushioned in the midsole. It's a little softer, but it's also slightly higher off the ground. And also the, the three has a slightly uh, roomier toe box. So I'd say for like the wider foot type and someone that wants a little more of like a, a softer midsole or under underfoot cushioning, the three is a great choice. But if you want that like really low to the ground ride and a very contoured, uh, feel with the booty construction the two the two is amazing so i think the two is hard to replace so i think the three you know had had uh big shoes to fill so to speak but um yeah i'm a slightly more of a fan of the two and it's great that that adidas brought it back yeah um another shoe that we should discuss while we're still in adidas the soul court boost now, I hate to do this to Adidas because I do really love their shoes. That shoe does not work for me. It just doesn't. And I don't know if it's because, I don't know. I, I have a weird thing with my ankle. that My ankle sticks out a little extra. And on that shoe, the side of it really cut into my ankle. And it was a super uncomfortable play test for me. Um, a bit of room in the toe box because my feet aren't as wide. And I just really couldn't get it to work. So not my favorite shoe. I don't know how you guys feel about it. For me, I, I mean, I fit my, I didn't have the same issue. Uh, the, I didn't have any extra room in the toe box and it fit well. Uh, for me, I just, mm-hmm. as I'm getting older, I just don't want to put in as many hours breaking in shoes. And I really felt like the sole court required me to break them in for a bit. And I feel like the Stella court offers me really similar stability, mm-hmm. but with more comfort and it's more immediate. Whereas I think if I were, you know, re- rewind the clock 
15 years and 10, 15 years. And maybe, you know, that's the soul court might be more of a shoe that I would be looking at for me right now where I am. I just, I'm looking for comfort right out of the box, right? more or less. And, and this shoe required at least three hours for me. Yeah. Troy, how'd you, I think the guys liked it a lot better than the ladies. Yeah. I thought it was a good shoe. Um, the, I guess the, the really only issue was that it was almost the, the toe box was too wide. Mm-hmm. Like it was nice during the initial, you know, week or two of play testing. And then the more I wore it and as it broke in, cause it didn't need somewhat of a break in, it just had too much room in the toe box. So I had to wear like two pairs of socks to really like fill the void or fill mm-hmm. in the space. Um, but other than that, I thought potentially it could have been like a, a nice transition from the barricade. It was a little softer, that uh, what's the cushioning material for Adidas? The the boost material. The boost, yeah. Yes, I thought it was a good, uh, pretty good cushion. You still had that low to the ground feel, and it had enough durability to somewhat transition from the barricade, the toe mm-hmm. box, um, and whatnot. I think really where uh, Adidas could have really just made that shoe more of a transition type of shoe from the barricade is just put a durability guarantee on it because I felt like it had enough outsole durability to to be backed up by a durability guarantee. Yeah. We're in a position where we're super lucky and we get to play test all of these shoes and like the top performing shoes from all these brands. So as a player, of course, I'm going to gravitate to something that I feel more comfortable in. As Tiffany said, that Stella Core offers no break in step in comfort. So that's why I think I, I can sometimes be a little bit harsher on some of these shoes that don't offer that automatic step in comfort kind of thing. So, But I, I get that. And, and, you know, our our view on the durability part and sometimes can be you know, slightly different. Um, maybe a, a, a young player that's on a high school team or a college team, they probably, you know, the first week or two of break-in, that might be a good thing for them because they're really trying to get the, the six months or the year out of the shoe. So, mm-hmm. you know, a tough week or two in the beginning is not a big deal if you're trying to wear the shoe for a whole year, you know. So sometimes that can be part of the, the testing process that, you know, yeah. might be a little different for us than, say, your, your grinder out there that's playing, you know, a whole season in a pair of shoes. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And before we leave Adidas and start talking about another brand, I do want to bring up that Adidas is the only brand that we are seeing right now that continues to offer recycled materials on their footwear. And I think that is so cool. And I know that it's a huge company initiative and moving forward there. I heard the number the other day, they're doing such a good job to make sure that all of their footwear is going to have recycled material in it eventually. So I have to give them a huge prop for that because we need some more sustainability stories in tennis. Yeah, I think that's that's awesome. And when they first did the the first run at the recycled material, the parlay, I I, I love the uh, the cosmetics of those shoes too and their apparel that they were doing. I thought it was awesome. Oh yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, I think that's something that has come up or initially came up. People were concerned that like the playability wouldn't be as good, the support wouldn't be good as good, the durability, but they've done a great job at figuring out the right materials and you would never know that the shoe was made from a recycled material. Oh yeah, no, I mean, and the apparel too, um, the Parlay or now right now the current collection Prime Blue, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to the touch, you, you wouldn't have, it feels just the same, but it's all um, recycled plastics. Yeah, that's so cool what they're doing and giving them props. And I'm excited to continue to see them work that direction. Let's jump into ASICs. We've already mentioned the gel resolution about 10 times. So we can start there. The eighth iteration came out at the end of last year. 
there was a lot of anticipation for that shoe. Adidas has kind of lengthened the amount of time before their updates. So I think it'd been like three years, maybe. It'd been a while. Yeah, yeah. from the seventh. Yeah. And as you've heard and have heard in other podcasts, we talk about that shoe a lot. I feel like most playtesters would put it in the top of their list. So anything you guys want to say comparing it to previous generations? And I know like, I think Troy, maybe the four was one of your favorites previously. Yeah, I think the, I mean, the four was like, probably uh, like reviewed as one of the best shoes of all time. <laughs> uh, it just it worked well for like all the playtesters and uh, that was kind of like the benchmark of the gel resolution yeah. uh, going into the eight. But I feel like the seven had a, a few, a few knocks. It was a little uh, rigid. So it took a little break in with the uppers because the uppers were kind of like a firmer material mm-hmm. and they were a little narrow. So they kind of uh, limited their, their foot demographic uh, type of thing by being kind of that slimmer fit. Um, but going into the eight, they made the standard version more accommodating the upper uh, softer they it's almost like you know like they were really listening to feedback mm-hmm. and then and then they have a wide version mm-hmm. it's like yes they're doing everything right with that shoe and it's, it's just a, i think it's a great option yeah i'm glad but, to see but, the wide version come back yeah for sure i think that was definitely needed because that shoe sometimes can feel a little tight especially when you first get it on um so they've done a good job the cosmetics look awesome too really clean in my opinion they look great Let's talk about the solution speed. Now, there's a shoe that can cause some controversy because I think a lot of people like the one and two and then the three got narrow and now we're on basically the fourth iteration, but it's called the FF. So it does have a different um, underfoot midsole cushioning that has the flight foam. Uh, How do you guys feel about that shoe? Yeah, I like that. I, I like the speedy feel of the solution speed. I don't, I don't, I think I, my, um, I don't really have anything that I don't like about it, but I think I just like other ASIC shoes better. It's a great option. Mm -hmm. But, um, the one thing about the solution speed series that I feel that has always been there for me is I feel like they're pretty low cut around the ankles. Mm -hmm. So I prefer the cord FF and the gel res uh, lines a little bit more just because I feel like the ankle stability or support around the ankles is a little bit better in those two models in the the speed series yeah yeah i I would agree with tiff um i actually when we tested that shoe i loved it Mm -hmm. it was like for a while i was saying that was my favorite lightweight shoe because it does have for me a lot of the lightweight shoes um don't quite have the midsole cushioning the underfoot cushioning Mm because they're they're trying to cut on material Mm -hmm. so they're oftentimes too low to the ground this one still has that that signature like asics gel flight foam combination uh, that really like pads the ball of your feet and whatnot. So I love that about it. But as the, the play test went on, uh, the support uh, dwindled for me after about a month of playing them. Um, I just felt like I had too much range of motion around the ankle and not enough uh, of shoe uh, kind of locking me in. So it was a great comfort story, had good support initially. And then as time went on, it kind of softened up and uh, didn't support me quite well at the end. Yeah, um, that's it's like a tried and true shoe. Honestly, Asics is kind of killing it with like the gel res for that stable, sturdy, durable story, and then the speed for that 
like still comfortable, but l- much speedier, quicker story. And then yeah. we have the Cord FF2. The perfect hybrid shoe. Yeah, yeah right in the middle right there. <laughs> Which I think when they first initially, initially introduced it, they said it was like, if the resolution had a baby with the speed, I guess, I guess you could call it that. I mean, I, I obviously put it in my top three. I put it number one. So <laughs> I love that shoe. I think it checks all the boxes. I don't know how you guys feel. I know it's reviewed well for us. Like you guys said, Djokovic wears it. <laughs> you know, I'd have to agree. I, if you look at the weight on paper, here's one of those times when it's like, don't just, it's not just about the weight number on the mm-hmm. scale. These shoes, if mm-hmm. you look at the weight, they're not that far off from the gel resolution. But I, I, I don't know what it is about the build of that shoe that makes them feel fast. I feel like a, they're a faster yeah. shoe than you would expect by just looking at how much they weigh. Um, and they do, they, they blend those features of those two shoes really well. And I, I, now that we talk a little bit more, I'm not sure. Do I like the Cord FF or do I like the Gel Rose <laughs> better? They're both so great options. I mean, yeah. I, the, I, I guess the Gel Res 8 for me is a little quieter on the court, on the hard court I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Um, the Cord FF2 was a little squeaky, but mm-hmm. I mean, if that's getting super picky right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Troy, I know you like the FF too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, and like Tiff was saying, yeah, they are uh, a little more speedy than the the number on the scale would indicate. Or for our racket nerds out there, mm-hmm. uh, the shoe maneuvers uh, easier than the swing weight would indicate type of thing, you <laughs> yeah. know? Um, but uh, yeah, it's just a great shoe. The the booty construction and like once you get your foot in there, I think part of that that speedy feel is just the way the shoe hugs your foot mm-hmm. and kind of contours to like every nook and cranny for me. Like the way my foot kind of just sits inside that shoe, it feels more like a speedy car, whereas the gel res is a little bit more of that, that sturdier feel and maybe just a little higher off the ground. Um, I'm a little bit more particular to, to maybe comfort rather than speed or comfort rather than like um, all out support. So mm-hmm. the the gel res for me is just a little bit better. And the, the one thing that uh, for me, and it's very small and maybe I just have very sensitive toes, but the cord FF2, uh, the toe guard is a little too vertical or a little, a little too much. Like uh, it's almost, it's very durable, but it's just a little firm uh, around the front of my toes. Whereas the gel res just feels a little bit softer in that aspect, but it's a very minute detail. Um, yeah. They're both really, really great shoes. And the, and the, uh, Corn FF2 does feel, has that more like race car kind of speed feel to it the way you sit inside. Yeah, I'd have to agree. The way you describe uh, getting your feet in there and it just molding to your feet, it almost feels like one of those like mattresses that just like molds to your body. And Yeah, that memory foam yeah. type of thing, like the way it, the install, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think we're all in agreement here. Um, And we've brought up a couple of our sponsored players already, but we have a couple of sponsored players that are in that shoe and some that are like super picky about their footwear are now wearing that shoe and some that are some crazy aggressive sliders on hard court that are also wearing that shoe. So if those are things that you do or you're looking for or some that even were Vapor 9.5 fanatics that are now wearing that shoe. So it's a good option for, I would say, anyone, to be honest. I don't think it's offensive. I can't, I haven't heard anyone say they hate it. So that's that's a good, good option from ASICs. ASICs, please keep kicking ass. You guys are killing it. Where do we want? Let's go to New Balance. New Balance has really impressed me over the past few years. Um, it's no secret that sometimes New Balance tennis shoes used to be considered 
what your parents might wear to the country club <laughs> or for a barbecue. <laughs> but they have turned their line around and they have created some great shoes. And even their updates are super high performing options. So as Tiff already mentioned, we actually have not had a chance to wear the love because it just was introduced into the women's side. But I know Troy did. So maybe you can give us some ups and downs about that shoe. Uh, the love, not too many downs. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a great shoe. I would say as much as I rave about the, the gel resolutions, I think it's mostly because I just have a history of that shoe and I've worn it for so long. Um, and it, that wasn't the case with New Balance up until uh, the lobs, the, the fresh foam lobs. There wasn't really a New Balance that ever really like kind of won me over. There was always something, whether it was the fit or the support, there was always something missing for me. And mm-hmm. when that shoe came out, uh, it's almost a perfect fit. Like I, I could easily interchange the Joe Rez for the, the fresh foam love and be a completely happy camper. Uh, but it's just uh, – the, the two standout features for me are the, well, I mean, it's just top and bottom, but the upper of the shoe, it has that booty construction. Um, it's a very soft and supple uh, mm-hmm. upper. It's a very, uh, very comfortable feel, but it's not, it still gives me, me the support that I need on top of the foot. And then the law of uh, the fresh raw material underfoot um, kind of reminds me of like the Zoom Zero or whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's just a very, a very comfortable ride from top to bottom. It has a durability guarantee. And I don't think that the comfort gives up on the support. So I think it's a great shoe. I have to say real quick, the shoes that we're kind of picking out to be some of the standout shoes are actually shoes that have been built for or with professional players. So the Love was built with the feedback of Milos Ranich. The Cord FF2 was obviously built for and with Novak Djokovic. Vapor Cage 4, obviously there's someone named Rafa that yeah. <laughs> is wearing that shoe. The, um, the Jarez 8 is designed with Gamma Fee. Exactly. So kind of starting to see a trend that, you know, player feedback is important. <laughs> yeah. And there's another another shoe that we're probably going to get to soon that was designed with a professional player feedback and also a Team Tina member. Right. So yeah. So uh, take note. New Balance also updated the 996 version 4 at the beginning of 2020 or the end of 2019. And I think it's a completely different shoe. They've completely revamped it. So that upper is so soft and nice and soft underfoot feel. Also comes with a durability guarantee. Tiff, talk about it a little bit more. I think there's one issue that we all kind of had that we wouldn't mind seeing updated in a future update. Well, one, I want to first want to say love the color how it takes color love it we um when we got to play tessetchi we had the guava color and it's hot pink and i mean everywhere i went in those shoes <laughs> someone was asking where'd you get those what are those and it's like these are tennis shoes like, yes tennis shoes yeah. so cool <laughs> um, but for me like i, I said is uh, just the support for me just went as the play test went on so um managing to keep the upper a little bit tighter throughout the play test the the, mm-hmm. the v3 for me was pretty tight and the toe mm-hmm. box was pretty shallow so i really enjoyed the updated fit and the um softness of the four though agreed 
Um, something else to note with New Balance, I know sometimes we get asked this question from time to time. The 1296 is actually getting phased out and the you could say the Love was the replacement for that shoe. So if you are looking for a 1296, we still have a few pairs, but they're not going to be around for much longer. So get your hands on some. Yeah, I think uh, Riley Opelka might buy the last stop we have if we, <laughs> if we have a size because he's still, he's still rocking them. He's still rocking them. Yeah. The 896. That was a fun play test for us also. I know New Balance has dabbled in some very like low to the ground minimalist options. And I think the first time they introduced that minimalist shoe a few years ago, it didn't necessarily resonate with us, with our audience, with our customers, because it was so minimal. But the 896 is super light, super speedy, super minimal though still. I enjoyed the playtest. I think it's a fun shoe. The cosmetics look good on that shoe too. What did you guys think of this one? For me, it was super low to the ground. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite shoes for crossover. I love, these are great. For me, I, I think they look really cool. I love, I still wear my gray shoes. If I'm going to go play and, or, and then I'm going to go do something like go to the grocery store or something. I just love the look of these shoes. Yeah. And so I'm still, still rocking them. Nice. Not a ton of cushioning in them. So they're kind of like one of those like match day shoes that you can, I wouldn't recommend training three hours a day in them. But if you're looking for something speedy. They're definitely on the minimal side. Yeah. Like you said, mm -hmm. they're not like for all day comfort standing there or playing long mat or long grinding sessions on the, for drills and stuff. But I love the style. I thought, uh, you know, very minimal on the court, but a great, you know, kind of almost like a cross trainer type of shoe. I thought it yeah. was great for that. And I think it uh, it took that old New Balance uh, Minimus shoe mm -hmm. and made it made it a more accessible tennis shoe because the Minimus, uh, if you recall, the outsole was very almost clay court specific. They almost should have just advertised it as a clay court shoe if you were going to use it for tennis. Yeah. Uh, whereas this one, I feel like you can, because the outsole does have a, a good traction to it and a decent amount of uh, material that you can get away with it on any court surface, but you know, it works on our courts too. Agreed. Okay. Let's keep moving on. K-Swiss. K-Swiss kind of has, in my opinion, a cult following. They've honestly, K-Swiss is unanimous with comfort in my world. Um, when someone calls looking for our ultimate comfort and maybe potentially a wider fitting shoe, I think it's an easy thing to send them to the K-Swiss brand but the one thing that we've continued to see with them is they're still pushing the limits and they're starting to make shoes that perform even at the top level. So as Troy had mentioned, there's a shoe in their lineup right now, the Hypercourt Supreme, which was built for and in conjunction with Marcos Giron because he loved the Hypercourt Express. Yeah. But it, you know, it wasn't really like a tour shoe, but he wouldn't not wear it. He he wore them all the time. So yeah, <laughs> it was almost it almost seemed like to me like it was like a caseless uh, initiated thing. Like yeah. hey, Marco, it's like that's a great shoe, but that's more for a club player, uh, not not a uh, you know a yeah. tour a top one hundred tour player that's out there grinding and sliding and you know amazing mover. You know we we got we got a. Uh, upgrade that shoe and we're going to make a shoe just for you you know and he was just on board with it but <laughs> yeah which is cool and if you go to our youtube channel there's a whole video on him and the designer mj who they work together creating this shoe and you can tell just by looking at it, it's a little more streamlined a little more race ready as we say a lot it does have that booty construction you kind of slide right in so um i think they've done a great job of pushing the limits 
to make a high performing shoe, but then still remain true to their customers. And like Tiff was saying, that Hypercore Express 2 is still so comfortable, so cushioned, does all the things that you love about that shoe. Yeah, for me, it's a great update. I feel like it's still plenty comfortable, but I'm finding it to be more supportive than the Mm -hmm. um, Hypercourt Express, the original model. It didn't require any break-in for me. It looks totally different, but it has that K-Swiss fit, which just has always worked well with my feet. So it's one of my favorite shoes, definitely. I put it in the top three uh, right now, and I just, I could wear it. I I wore it right out of the box with no issues, and I'm actually really kind of excited. I'd love to try the Supreme just for the, even like probably maybe a step up, I'm guessing in durability, stability, support. But yeah, the Express 2 has been a great update for me. And then I also want to bring up the Ultra Shot too. I always forget about that one. But on the men's side, it reviewed really well. It reviewed well on the women's side too. But I know a lot of the guys on the playtest team love that shoe. So Troy, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I think it's... uh... It's more of their, I wouldn't say meat and potatoes type of shoe, but it's mm-hmm. definitely that more supportive, durable. I think it's the the one shoe that they have a durability guarantee on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's right up there with like a gel res and a lav uh, as far as like supporting your foot, mm-hmm. but with like maximum comfort. So it takes that support stability story and then marries it with even more comfort. And I think the big thing on that one is it's got plenty of midsole cushioning, the upper supports you and locks you in without like being too stiff or rigid. So I think it's definitely a sleeper shoe uh, for those out there looking for support and stability, but also really like the comfort. I think it does. It marries us really, really well. And then one more shoe I did want to bring up, the Aeronet. That was actually kind of our first look of a tennis shoe without laces, although the laces are hidden. So technically the Stycon is actually the first laceless shoe. But the Aeronet is another one that just offers so much comfort. Uh, you guys can talk about it too. Uh, I found it to be on the court initially a good support, but it opened up a little bit too much. But I still wear my Aeronets a lot. I wear them in the gym. They're my favorite training shoe. Just so comfortable. And for um, I like to do a lot of interval training, um, mm-hmm. nice cushioning, and um, enough support for like the lateral jumps and things like that. But for me, at the, at the end of the play test, the they weren't supporting me as I would cut wide, but so comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I would uh, maybe make the claim that uh, for a tennis a tennis design shoe, I know we have a couple of uh, running shoes that we have on the website uh, at this point in time, but for a tennis shoe, maybe in my opinion, the most comfortable shoe on the website. Nice, it, and and it almost uh, during the play test, it almost. Uh, tricked my mind a little bit because it was so comfortable that I was like not even paying attention to like support and stability, even though like, it's not, it's not horrible. It's, it's not a, it's not a very beefy shoe. And because it was so comfortable that I was almost like blindsided. I was just like, Oh, it's a great shoe. It's amazing. I could play a tournament in the shoe, but as time wore on, I realized that, you know, maybe didn't have the support of some of the other case switch shoes uh, because it was just so comfortable. I wanted that shoe on my feet all the time. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. And it takes color pretty well. It They've done some interesting designs <laughs> and colors with it. So it definitely pops and looks, it looks like something different from K-Swift, which I think is really cool to, again, show that the brand is continuing to grow with the sport. Now, I know we haven't talked about many other brands, but we have been chatting for a bit. So I think that we're going to need to do a part two because I do want to hit on the other brands that we haven't mentioned. 
However, something that did come up a few times in this conversation, and I'm actually happy to have any listeners with questions email us and ask, and we can answer it on this next episode that we do record. But we've brought up the word toe jam a lot. And I don't think a lot of people realize how to fix that or why it happens. So do either of you want to take a crack at answering that question? Oh, for me, it's a lot of times when toe jam happens, it's just the sh- the uppers aren't quite holding my feet in place. Um, sometimes I can remedy that with a few different lacing techniques or maybe lessen it a little bit with a second pair of socks, depending on how that goes. But yeah, I, as far as a complete solution, I wish I knew one because when <laughs> yeah. it happens, it's really painful and, um, and a big bummer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically the, the breakdown for me is just the, you know, the front of your toes hitting the front of the shoe. Like say you're running towards the net, you know, front back direction and you come to a complete stop. It's the, it's, it's the front of your toenails or whatnot jamming into the front of the shoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you going to say something Tiff about what caused it for you or no oh yeah i mean that that's what my i would define toe jamming definitely is like when you're running up to the net maybe chasing down that drop shot or something and you need to come to that quick stop maybe they maybe this is me telling me i need to learn how to slide into my shots but yeah it's it's (laughs) that when your foot just keeps going you've stopped but your foot just slides forward and hits the end of the shoes and when they're the shoes that are a little bit softer in the toes you're not going to notice it as much but shoes that have really built up toes for the toe draggers can be pretty painful. And yeah, it's, I, I've just been able to lessen it, maybe lessen it with just sometimes changing up the la- lacing or um, adding some cushioning with a second pair of socks. And, and I think sometimes there's not something you can always cure it with because it's just Correct. the design yeah. of the shoe that that uh, front toe guard just being too vertical, creating like a almost like a 90 degree angle in the front of the shoe. Sometimes it's just too built up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a uh, maybe like a poor design or maybe it didn't get tested enough uh, before coming to market with the shoe design. But also sometimes I think it could be fit related. And that's why I've, I've become more and more in tune with how the shoe fits because I really like uh, my shoes to be, you know, no extra room in the front so that your foot is less likely to slide and move forward. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. Sometimes it is a fit issue. Sometimes it's um, completely out of your control. For me, we're actually testing a shoe right now, which is one of Tiff's favorites, (laughs) the Hypercord Express 2. The first time I wore it, I had the worst toe jam of my life. And of course, I'm playing against Chris. So yeah, those drop shots, my goodness. Yeah. However, the next time, and then this triggered the previous ones that we wore, I cinched up my shoes as tight as I could, and it was automatically fixed. So no more toe jam. I'm good to go. But it can be something as simple as that, or maybe sizing down a half size, or wearing two pairs of socks, or sometimes like Troy said, there's been shoes that I think we can all name a few that just have toe jam and it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a barricade out there. There's a Wilson shoe. There's been a few. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll leave you guys with that. We'll carry on this conversation and talk about all the brands that we haven't hit on and even talk to you about a running shoe brand that we now carry that is worn by the Swiss Maestro. So stay tuned for that conversation. If you guys have any questions about anything we've talked about or any shoe related questions or any tennis related questions, feel free to email us at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com and we will do our best to answer those on our next episode. So 
Thanks for listening and happy hitting. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, happy hitting. Happy hitting.